So, Ryan Tov, we begin our ninth class on Megillus Esser based on the commentary of the Mechir Yayin. And we left you off. We're going to begin Perak Hey Pasuk Yud. And this is right after Haman leaves the party. He's very happy. He sees Mordechai in the gateway, the king, who doesn't move for him. And Haman is very upset. So, we just to review what we said yesterday, that remember, Haman can only control the various forces within the person that depends on the Homer, on the physicality. But on the elevated Seichel, he has no control over it. As we learned earlier in that Medrash, that uh, the Kabbalistic words that Hashem is laughing at the uh, Samal riding on the snake. So therefore it says, Vayetzeh Haman, and Haman went out, and Yetzeh usually means associated with going to bad places. So he's going to a bad place, he's very happy, because there was a party, and the body is now beginning to have a little enjoyment of that. And he knows that uh, the Yetzirah will slowly get the body back on track to want to party more and not be in that middle area. Okay? But when he goes out, and where does he see Mordechai now? Mordechai sitting in the gate of the king, which is really the gate of heaven, and he's davening there, and he doesn't move. He's not surrendering to the Yetzirah, and therefore, Mordechai, it's the elevated Seichel. So this fills Haman up with anger. And now we move on to Pasuk Yud to discuss the nature of this. And Haman had to restrain himself. When he comes to his house, and he sent and brought his friends, Zeresh Ishto and Zeresh his wife. And Haman recounted to them the glory of his riches and the multitude of his sons and all the ways that the king had promoted him and that he had exalted him over the princes and on the king's servants. So now the commentary says, he's going to now discuss what the next plans of Haman and Zeresh's wife will be. So Haman understands one thing that after this party, and he sees that Mordechai, meaning the elevated intellect, doesn't move before the Yetzirah, and Esther is listening, Esther is the Chomer who's listening to Mordechai, and he wasn't able to get him to sin at all, because now he knows to be careful. In other words, the first plan, the plans are not working. So therefore, Vayisapak, he restrains himself to say, I have to stop using this tactic. I have to try another tactic. The tactic of enjoying the meal and getting them involved in the meal, it, it isn't working. He knows how to, Mordechai uh, and just strike the balance. Have this Sudas mitzvah. And therefore, we're going to have to change t- tactics. That's why he's restraining himself. So he comes to his house. House usually means one's wife, even though it, it means, Gomorrah uh, says your house is your wife, and and he calls for all his friends, and Zeresh is wife, and we already said before, that Zeresh is the symbolic of the power of an imagination, which is a snake, 
that Samuel rides on and Samuel blinds people by confusing them and arousing them. So now, and that's and that's who Haman is. Haman is that Samuel. So he wants to get advice from his friends and from his wife. How are we going to get the person who's using his intellect to sin? How are we going to do this? So remember, the Rambam explained in the curse of Chava, where it says, "Who Yeshupach Rosh, he will uh, you you'll try to get him on the head, the Ekev, and he will try to get you in the heel." In other words, uh, you can defeat him with the head, but he can defeat you with the heel. What does that mean? It means that the power of imagination can defeat the seichel at the heel. Just like if someone is bitten in his heel, he can't run. He can't go very fast. So therefore, if the imagination is able to control the person, well, then you can't think very fast. You can't think. It cripples you. And that's how if the, if the dimyon, the power of imagination, that's the key to get you, to get you from the back and to cripple your your ability to think. If you want to think and use your seichel. So therefore, Haman says to Zeresh, since she is his Azer Kenegdo, so he figure, how are we going to, how are we going to get man to make a mistake to not think so clearly? In other words, when you're in a certain situation, what you're supposed to do is pause Think, think everything through, and then act on what is clear that one should do. But if you confound the person and you get them to start imagining things that aren't exactly the way they are, then you can't think straight. That's the trick. So therefore, he tells them everything that happened, and he wanted to get them to sin throughout everything that's happening with all the wealth and the honor and to collect more money. And he talked about the 10,000 talents of silver and to, and to, and to get them to sin with, with the honor and all the things that he have. That's everything that Haman has. I have all this. I've been using all these tactics. I've been using, I have, I have wealth. I have honor. What does that mean? That's the Yitzhahara is, is bringing to the person trying to make him stumble. And the king has elevated me to be on charge. And I'm in charge of everybody. I'm in charge of people's emotions. And look, things were looking very good. But then what happens? And then Haman says that an Esther brought only the king and me to the party. And tomorrow I'm called as well. Remember, why did Esther want them both at the party? Because that's a Sudas mitzvah. It's a mitzvah meal where you've got the uh, elevated intellect together with the body and you're giving them each half and half. If Esther would only call one of the two, it wouldn't have been a Sudas mitzvah. They both have to be at the meal, okay, to give the body what it needs and to maintain the seich. So, so Haman sees all this and now he laments on his bad fortune because all that isn't worth it to me if at the end of the party, I can't get Mordechai to bow down to me. If I can't win over to Seichel, if I can't, no matter everything I had, and now we're having a party together, and they were able to throttle me, 
They were able to enjoy the party but not be seduced. And how do I see this? Because Mordechai is sitting in the Shara Melech. He's in the gates of heavens. He's praying to Hashem. So therefore, this is all not worth to me as long as I see Mordechai the Jew sitting in the Shara Melech. So the plans are not working. I've not been able to destroy the human being. They're fighting back. Remember, as we got better, Haman got stronger. Someone used a lot of things, got us on the wrong track. But eventually Mordechai says, we have to do tshuva. And they're doing tshuva and everything's working. And she now goes to the king and, the, and, and goes to human being and says, okay, we, gotta, we got to uh, have a way of uh, dealing with our seichel and giving that prominence, even though we're going to um, indulge the body a little bit, but not overindulge the body. And the plan worked and Haman is failing. So now he's going to go to Zerah <coughs> and he's going to want to ask her, we need a new plan. Yeah, question? Yeah, but secular will always win, Rabbi, right? Who wins? Secular will always win. Secular? No, no, no. Secular. Seichel. Well, Seichel can win okay. if the if the human accepts it. Remember, you got the Achashverosh, which is the inborn Seichel. Mordechai is the elevated Seichel. Now the question is, who are we going to listen to? We're going to listen to the elevated Seichel or we're going to listen to the Yetzirah? We're going to listen to the imagination. That's the problem. That's the problem. And so far, the Seichel is winning. Now, hopefully, the Seichel, the Seichel can win, has the ability to win, but remember, the better the Seichel is, the stronger the Yetzirah is. So we already took one defeat. So now we got it. So now he's going to his wife's search. Give me another plan. We have to figure a way to take him down. So we continue in Pasuk Yud Dalid, which will be the end of the parak. So Zerus, his wife, and all his friends said, let them make a gallows 50 cubits high. And in the morning, say to the king that they should hang Mordechai on it and go to the king to the banquet joyfully. The matter pleased Haman and he made the gallows. So what is this idea? Remember, the simple meaning of the story is hang Mordechai. We're not, we're not learning it now in the simple level. So how do you hang a Mordechai? So he says, the, the way to get him to sin and to pull him into the world of imagination and to stop using his seichel. How are we going to do this? So she says, make a tree 50 amos high. What's that symbolic of? Remember, the tree is like Eitzchayim, the tree of life. It's Torah, it's knowledge. But why does it have to be 50 cubits high? Well, we know there are 50 gates of understanding, of wisdom in the world. Torah, the higher levels, the highest is the 50th gate. How many did Moshe get? 49. In other words, Hashem gave man so much wisdom and no more. No more. Okay, he has to have a little less than Hashem. So now, here's the trick. Try to get the person to hang himself on his own turf. Get him to make a mistake in the world of Seichel. That let him try to understand, let him try to think of things that are beyond what a human being can comprehend. 
And that will totally confuse him. Okay? And that's what he's saying. In the morning, tell the king to hang Mordechai, meaning start thinking about things that are very lofty, beyond our understandings, and that will get man to sin. Okay? Be- and then he'll go into Gashmias as well. Now, there is an example of this. It was in last week's Parsha, when the Jewish people were at Sinai. And before the giving of the Torah at Sinai, there was uh, the, the, uh, the tzaddikim, and especially not of an aviyu, they were eating. And the expression of the Torah there says, Vayiru es elokei Yisrael. They saw the God of Israel, Vayechasu Elohim, they saw Hashem, and they ate and they drank. I don't want to get into the details here, but what was going on is sometimes people want to understand that which is much more than they can understand. It's beyond what a human can understand. And that's like looking at Hashem in a way that is beyond what is meant for you. There's certain things Hashem wants us to understand. He gave us 49 levels of wisdom, of Bina, and you should do everything you can, and that you'll be clever, you'll understand things. But then there's this challenge that maybe people want to get even beyond that. And that all is using the Seichel to work against itself. You follow what's going on over here. Because when the Seichel does everything by Seichel, but then when it goes into territory it's not supposed to go in, then the Seichel says, I don't understand what's going on over here. And then when you don't understand what's going on over here, then you may give it all up. They say, for example, that four great tzaddikim went into the Pardes. The Pardes is an allusion to the mystical realms, to areas that are beyond. Four people went out one of them died. One of them went crazy. One went off to Derech. Only Rabbi Akiva came in and came out the same. Sometimes we look into things much deeper than we should look into. For example, what existed in the world before the world came into being? That's an interesting thing to think about. No, but what, but what was... But you know what? But Darkness. but the Torah tells us we start with the brashis with a base. That means you want to understand things, you look forward where the base is open, but you don't look backwards. Some areas is beyond what we're able to think. When we try to understand ideas of why the righteous suffer, sometimes it goes beyond. If we're saying, well, if God is good and all these things happen, how does the, how does the Holocaust happen? How do babies die? And all these things. And these are and there's certain things you know you have to just stop and say forget it. Don't try to understand more than what you can understand. And therefore they're saying go hang him on a tree of fifty amas. In other words, get the seichel to start overanalyzing things and trying to understand things. And you'll see they'll not be able to survive in this world. There'll be things that they're just not going to understand. And then what's going to happen is they'll go off the derech. They'll say, if, if this I don't understand that I can't, I can't accept. I can't accept God. If God can do this, I cannot accept him. But you're thinking too much. There's a point where you have to stop thinking. 
None of them have you thought too much. And what happened, we find out later that they went and brought a strange fire that they weren't supposed to bring. Now, when none of them have you, whatever the sin was, was it a sin because they wanted to follow their bodies? No. But they wanted to do things that Hashem didn't tell them to do. And then in certain ways, they might have made some mistakes with their bodies. So this is what she's saying. That's the way to get him. This is the greatest way. And had Hashem not intervened, it would have succeeded. You know, it's very interesting that sometimes you find great people. But they're a little too smart for themselves. And they make major mistakes. And then they fall apart. And once, and once your seichel kind of destroys you, then the body can take control. And that's why we just have to avoid certain areas. Going to say, well, why, why can't I think about what, what was going on in the world before the world? Or better question. Oh, let's ask another question. Okay. Why did God create man? To give man pleasure. Okay, fine. Why does God do that? Because he wants man to enjoy things. So here's the question. Why does God want that? Why does God want that? What does it matter to God? Isn't God perfect? If he's perfect, he has no needs, right? He has no needs. Wait till he has a need to give pleasure to man. That means God's deficient. If you really think a lot about that, you're going to say, you know, this whole religion doesn't make sense. But then we have to understand there's certain area, you only have 49 levels of wisdom. You don't have 50. You have to know where you have to stop. And sometimes we think, well, maybe I'm a little more clever than Hashem is. Adamarisha, how did how did he make this mistake to eat from the forbidden fruit? Because he thought too much. He thought too much. And that is what is able to take the person down. And that is what the advice she is giving him is hang him by the tree, meaning hang him by the very seichel that he wants to uh, to do, and that will get him off the derach. So, and guess what? Haman, vayitav adover lifnei Haman. Haman liked that idea. Vayas and he makes the tree, and had we not had the next part of the story, he may have succeeded. Which now brings us to the next part, Perak Vav. We start the sixth chapter. We're more than halfway done. So we say, On that night the king's sleep was disturbed, and he ordered to bring the books of the records, the chronicles, and they were read before the king. Okay, now we're talking about the Melech. Now the Melech is, it just says Amelech, so it means the physical king and God, the spiritual king. In other words, what's happening? The HR is plotting to take down the Seichel. And Hashem sees this. And the protector of Israel doesn't sleep, doesn't slumber. When he sees that there's a chance that the Yetzir Tov can be done in, Hashem has to arouse the person a little bit. And that also refers to Achashverosh himself, who is the person, the individual, with the inborn seichel, but not necessarily the developed seichel. So, therefore, if you, uh, Hashem sees what's going to happen, and, uh, 
had Mordechai not been involved, right, he wouldn't have been following anything else. He's only going after the Sehu. Okay? So so he tells his 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 people to bring out the Sefer Hazichronos. And what did we say to save the book of Chronicles? We explained what it was. It was the power of protection and the power of memory. In other words, the person starts thinking and goes back. And that, that's what Akashwara, sometimes you just got to think. You think about things that happened to you and uh, and then he starts, you know, and sometimes you don't know why you're thinking about these things. Why do these ideas just pop into your mind? Well, I guess Hashem is waking you up to think about certain things. So when he's talking about bring the book of Chronicles, the, the Divrei Hayomim, it's, 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 it's something that protects you, something that you remember. And he goes back and they, and they start reading the book of Chronicles. And it was found written that Mordechai had reported about Big Son and Seresh, two chamberlains of the king of the guards of the threshold who had sought to lay hand on the king. Now, what was that all about? Remember we said that that was the powers, other powers of thought and imagination to get the person to sin. And they were trying to kill the king, but they found it out and they got rid of them. So they took care of that initially. So he's thinking about that. Yeah, I remember a while ago, it was, I almost got spiritually killed. But thank God, Mordecai got me out of that. So now the king says, what honor and greatness was done to Mordechai in that account? And the king's servants who ministered before him said, nothing was done for him. So what does that mean? So what the king means to say is, Manasseh, what happened? What he needs to say is, did that behavior of being able to thwart the assassination of the soul did it make an imprint? When Mordechai won, did it have such an impact on all the inner forces of the person? Because if it did, Haman would not be able to come back and try again. So did it make an impact or not? Manasseh, what, what happened? Yakurgdul, that was precious and great from this. Did, did, did this um, victory that the, that the Seichel had, was it a complete victory? Did it make an impression to the point that Hummel never come back? So they said, Lo He says, no, it didn't. Hummel, the Yetzirah the is still around. Don't think the Yetzirah is gone. Now, as that's all going on, Pasuk Dawid, the king says, Who's in the courtyard? And Haman had come to the outside court of the king to say to hang Mordechai in the tree that he prepared to him. Now, the uh, Ramah tries to explain what exactly is happening here, so he has to make a lot of prefaces here. There's a very interesting medrash, as we will see, Later on in the story, when the king goes out, when, when, when Esther says that Haman wants to kill him, so Mordechai went out into the garden to cool off. But when he came back, 
uh, you know, he wanted to, it, it, it wasn't much better. And the Medrash fills in some interesting details. He was upset. He goes out, let me go to my garden. It'll make me happy. What does he do? He sees a bunch of workers cutting down his beautiful trees. And he said, who told you to cut down these beautiful trees? They said, it's Haman. Now, this is all not true. Because those were angels who appeared like people. And they were cutting the trees. And they said, Haman told us to cut the trees. Okay? So that's what the mystical Torah is telling us. Now, of course, that could very well be what happened, but there's got to be some symbolism again. So what does it mean to cut the trees? So there's a famous Kabbalistic statement that's called Kotzeitz Benetios, cutting at the roots. What does cutting at the roots means? It's someone who distorts his ability to understand things. It's called cutting the roots. In other words, you got a good seichel, but when you don't use it properly, it's like, you cut it. What happens if you cut the roots of a tree? It dies. The Ramban says that this was the sin of the generation of the flood. He says, he says it's mystical. He doesn't explain. He says they cut the roots. So what does cutting the roots really mean? Well, it means you're cutting your seichel. And simply put, what were the what was the sin? The, the mystical. We, we understand the people in the flood, they want I'm sorry, not the people of the flood. I'm sorry. I meant the people of the Tower of Babel. Because you look at the story at the service, it doesn't look like anything's terrible. You got to go to the Midrashim to say they want to fight against Hashem and all these things. And Ramban says, if you want to know Al Kabbalah, they were cutting the roots. What does that mean? The idea being, in spite of the fact that the Medrash says they felt every 1,656 years God brings a flood, and let's try to figure a way to get God to stop bringing the flood. But they understood something else. They understood if they get the whole world to go against Hashem, Hashem has no power to destroy the world. They were very clever, but being a little too clever. So Hashem only punishes if there's someone to learn from it. What if we get every person to be evil? then Hashem is not going to be able to do anything. Now, what's wrong with that? The answer is, you don't want to be under God's supervision anymore. Code sets benetios, when you're cutting off the roots, means you don't want to accept the fact that God is the boss. And you want to figure a way that I can get around Hashem. And I want to live my whole life without considering Hashem in my life. And that's called cutting the roots, which really means the greatest mistake in one's intellect that one can make. Now, so what's happening? The angels in the story were cutting the trees. So what does that mean? They're cutting the roots. And malach is a code word for the forces of the soul. Cutting the roots. <coughs> So you could have your forces within you because a malach is a messenger and you could have messengers within yourself. And that's where you can get into trouble. You can cut the roots down. And therefore, what um, Achashverosh was asking, he says, Mi Who's in the chatzer? Now we already said earlier, the chatzer is symbolic of the seichel. The seichel. And who's coming there to confound the seichel. 
he begins to feel, as he's reading, he's feeling that Haman's coming. And he's saying, you know, there's somebody trying to get me to not think right. And the king's servant said to him, Haman is in the is in the courtyard. And the king says, come on in. Who are the Nare Hamelech? Who are the servants of the king? They are the forces of the soul. And Haman is trying to hold them back. As remember, even though we're saying that the power of Midama, of imagination, is Zeresh, but obviously the wife and the husband go together. And therefore, um, without that arousal, you can't do anything. So they're saying, yes, you know, I'm getting these these feelings of separation. You know, what, what's going to be happening, it's coming from this, from this Haman, who's coming with this power of imagination. And this is the great struggle that always happens. Now, so Haman comes in, Pasuk Vav. What should a person do for whom the king really wishes to honor? Haman says in his heart, Who wants the king to do give honor more than me? Now, what's happening over here now? We have to remember who's the king and who's Haman. The king is the inborn intellect, but not the elevated intellect. Haman is the Yetzirah, but everything comes with him. And remember, this story that goes on, it's really going on in our minds. There's no real talking over here. And as you'll see in a minute, uh, when the king is saying all this, Haman, Vayomer Haman Bilibo. Haman is saying in his heart, I wonder who the king wants to honor more than me. So in other words, when the human being is thinking and he's going through his mind, should I listen to my intellect? Should I listen to my imagination and my body? Oh man, life would be so much better if I wasn't religious. Life would be so much better if I took a different path in life. And and then but 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 then on the other hand, but the seichel says no, that's not a smart thing to do. And he's and he's saying, well, who's who's going into my seichel? Who's in the courtyard? Who's fancy? It's Haman. Haman's coming, and and the king, the person, saying, okay, which one should I go with? What should I do with the one that I really want to honor? And Haman is saying in his heart, what it mean? It means it's all going on in our minds. We don't say this even. We're thinking about this. Okay, and therefore, what is Haman, he's saying, well, who could the king want to honor more than me? The Yetzirah thinks, listen, I'm the snake, right? The snake is the more con most cunning of all the animals in the field. That means the animals feel all the forces. And therefore, and therefore, and man, so the imagination thinks that the Seichel is obliged to honor it. The Yetzirah thinks, you know, the Achashverosh, the simple seichel, not the developed seichel, has to honor me because I'm the most cunning. And I, well, uh, cunning better than intelligent. I'm the one that provides you with the imagination. I'm, I'm shrewd. And I know how to take a person down. So, so who would he like not, if not me, to be the best? 
So what the king is really asking, so how should I live my life? Should I live after the imagination? Should I live my life with the seichel? Tell me, tell me, oh, Yetzirah. <laughs> because the Yetzirah is coming in there. Now, the Yetzirah had one plan. He had one plan to get him to over-understand things. And now the king is coming in and saying, well, who do you think I should give the most honor to? He's having a real discussion. And remember, he's having trouble sleeping. Why is he having trouble sleeping? Because Hashem, Hashem is one who helps you to know, you know, somebody's got to think about things. Things are looking good, but you know that Yetzirah can come out of left field and take you down. And that's what he's trying to do. Take him down. So then the king says, oh, let me ask you a question. Who should I really give honor to? And the answer obviously says, you got to give honor to me. How do we give the honor and what we do? This becomes tomorrow's class and how the reversal happens. That all happens tomorrow. What did you ask? Who's the neshama? Okay, there's, there's lots of levels of the neshama. Right. The one that keeps you up at night. Well, there's levels within that, right? You've got the Yetzir Tov. You've got uh, you've got the power of the divine intellect. So it can be all kinds of different levels of the neshama. So many aspects of the neshama: the physical aspect, the no, emotional the aspect. Is it, is what? It, is it Hamelech? Who is the aspect of neshama in the Megillah? We say. Again, the, the Melech is the Seichel Hanivdol, right? And earlier we discussed the, the three levels of soul. You have to go back and the, those are different officers, different things like that. So that's how we'll have to explain that tomorrow becomes the critical discussion and probably the most important part of the Megillah. When you come to that point in life, you got to decide once and for all who's running your life. 7.20 a.m. 7.25 tomorrow.